Hi, my name is Kerry Lynch. I'm the CEO of Power Nickel. Power Nickel is advancing the uh, advanced exploration project NISC in uh, just south of James Bay in Quebec. So we'll uh, sort of unpack uh, you a little bit on Power Nickel today and why it's an interesting and exciting story to look at. Terry, thank you for the introduction. Good to see you again. Uh, Today, we're not going to be talking so much about the geology and the kind of resource potential of NISC by itself, but I want to uh, have a look at Power Nickel more from a, uh, well, from two sides of things. It's it's, it's a validation approach. So we're going to have a look at the shareholder register, um, incentives and options and all of that kind of stuff. And also, I'd like to look at your take on your peer comparisons and where you want Power Nickel to get to in terms of its um, uh, corporate progress and also the valuation steps. So sure. um, let, let's let's get stuck into it. Um, I think before, just as a kind of as a starting point, let's have a quick talk about the market. And you're doing a capital raise and. Could you just exp- um, tell me a bit about that process and w- yeah, where you so, got to? Yeah, so it, it, I guess it almost started really last March. You know, when we released the results of our uh, of our you know uh, 2022 drill program, and they were really good results. They sort of confirmed you know that the uh, historic uh, you know 4301 was accurate, and that we were you know we had a pretty interesting deposit to look at. At that point, you know the the stock the nickel, as you recall, was running. So it was a good market, nickel's running, and then it's like stock sells off. You know, why does that happen? Well, it sells off in Canada because the shorts come in and, and they assume you're going to take a financing and they'll bang your stock down. So effectively what happened at that point is uh, as a company, we, we thought, hey, that's not good. We, we deserve better. We called our warrants. We had some uh, historic 15 cent warrants that were uh, eligible to be called. And, and we called them. Uh, I had the biggest single package of those and we wrote everyone wrote a check and um, um you know we, hang, we hang on are you sure are you sure that it was sh- the shorts i mean because in around march and april there was the uh all of the base metal markets had a peak and then there was the ukraine war yeah and, you know it, I, and, I mean and, and had, everything, everything sold off i mean why do you yeah, put the finger this, on the, this, on this the, was, on the this shorts was, this, this was before that but, you know so it was a couple weeks before that for sure and 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 uh you know um i mean it did it and then of course that that uh the war accelerated the fall off, obviously, and then it became more of a you know broad market correction that we absorbed and obviously didn't uh, you know didn't necessarily forecast coming. But uh, yeah, we we we, we the our the view our view on the shorts are are that you can't tell by looking at the short reports because they don't really tell the story. They never do. Uh, we you know we we could uh, spend a bunch of time on that. And I don't want to necessarily go into it, but there's a whole. You know, uh, we did save Canadian mining for this very reason to to show what a discrepancy there is as a result of that happening in the mining market. So I've got some pretty hard statistical evidence on that. But uh, just continue on with the story. But, but so, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't I don't want to leave this just immediately. Okay. Did you had you advertised that you were going to um, need to raise money straight after your MRE. I mean, were you particularly low on cash and had you been low on cash for two or three quarters? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious to anybody that look at the balance sheet that we were basically needing to cash up in order to do another exploration program. And and uh, and so we had, we had assumed that with the good news that the stock would have made a move uh, north and then we could have, you know, financed conventionally in the market, some sort of discount to market and, and then go from there. But... Uh, um then you know that that just you know that didn't happen 
we we basically as, as opposed to uh taking a financing you know from the shorts we basically said no we're going to call our warrants which we did uh, and we said we'll push forward to the fall and hope for a better market in the fall when we start drilling again and and and, our, and our, we said publicly at that point that if we uh, market didn't respond uh, that we would look to do sort of almost like an internal round where we go uh, to our existing shareholders or our, our, uh, our bigger shareholders and uh, and and you know and basically finance with them with a view to being that if you're going to have to give it away give it to the guys that brought you versus the guys who are you know trying to bring you down so and um, so we all and we all know that the market isn't uh, better now than it was in unfortunately no the market the market's probably <laughs> not any better certainly worse uh however you know and, and our view was that hey at some point we when we started you know drilling in mid-september uh we knew the the clock was ticking you know in terms of the financing and uh obviously the market didn't respond necess- necessarily to our drilling news and market conditions got worse so about three or four weeks ago we announced uh that we would do a financing and uh, it was basically a sort of a two-step financing what one, one part about 70 percent of it was done at 20 cents with a 20 cent warrant callable and the other part was done at a 10 cent uh, uh unit with a 20 cent warrant and uh we'll end up closing that this uh tuesday so uh in 48 hours or so uh, for for around four million dollars, they're about. How does uh, how how does that work? Because surely the people who this this the seventy percent that comes in at twenty cents are going to be a bit cheesed off that there's thirty uh, percent at ten cents. Uh, you know they get significant tax benefits that that make it the same price effectively. So oh, that, so that's, that's the flow through. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the seventy percent. And, and, and what and what happens with the what happens with the flow through in this case? It's it's a, it's a little bit different twist than a traditional flow through. So it's not going through a flow through fund, or like that. In four months, we'll all of a sudden get all this paper hitting hitting our market. What we arranged was what's called a charitable uh, deduction flow through. So the people that subscribed were uh, high income tax earners in in Quebec, which is uh, obviously where we're drilling, and and they uh, they buy for like one moment in time. And then the next moment in time, they sell to effectively the long-term investors for for the ten cents. Okay, so uh, what happens is the, the entire round is basically placed effectively at ten cents, but the uh, company got you know obviously closer to you know sixteen cents on average or something like that. And that was How all many- done when, when the stock was ten cents when we announced it. So the stock has actually moved up with the financing, which is as you would is a bit unusual. But uh, well, uh, as you'd hope that the uh, a stronger balance sheet is reflected in as a is reflecting a stronger company. So, yeah. um, how many sh- if it's how many shares are you likely to to issue? Uh, twenty seven million shares. Twenty seven million shares, and um, let me just see if I got my notes here. You've already got a hundred and well, it depends on if you're fully diluted. But um, so about ninety two or so right now. You know, so yeah, you add the twenty seven, so it's about one hundred nineteen. Okay, so another twenty-seven million warrants on top of that. Yeah, and just I'm not sure if the figures um up to date, um, but I've got existing twenty million um warrants already and seven million options. Uh, those warrants are uh not correct. There's only about uh, I think there's only about five million warrants out now that they okay. they, they expired. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in our latest, ex- 
in our latest deck that, that, that I sent you, that would, I think there should be, uh, let me just pull that up. I think I probably got that from an older presentation or off the website somewhere. Anyway. Um, and so, so those five million warrants, what, what's the, what's their strike price? Average of 44 cents. Okay. So they're, so they're out of the money at the moment. Um, and so they might expire worthless or they might get exercised. Yeah, we're we're highly confident they're going to get exercise, but that's just us. <laughs> um, okay, so so let's if you if we could, can we just talk through your shareholder base? Um, sure, sure. So so basically, the the way to look at the the base is the uh, Lynch, uh, you know, Terry Lynch and the Lynch family own about twenty percent. Okay, um, the. Yep. Uh, Stern family, uh, which is my, my friend and mentor in many ways, who brought me into this deal 10 years ago. <laughs> There's a whole joke about that. But anyway, he, he owns about 15%, uh, he, he and his family. And then Critical Elements, who we acquired uh, NISC from, uh, they they own about, I think now, 13% or so. And uh, our... Um, We've got uh, our board owns about four um, percent. Can we just go back to? Can we just go back to critical elements? Um, yeah. Is that held in a private company? Is critical elements private or public? No, critical elements is uh, the really great lithium uh, uh, story in Quebec. That's probably going to be Canada's next uh, lithium mine. Oh, it's, okay. Uh, and then the, so they've got a um, a flying market cap. Yeah, they're about I don't know four hundred million or so. They've got. Uh, four million and uh, no, hang on, would have two million dollars worth invested in you or less, one and a half million dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we, it's we we acquired NIST from them that was on their balance sheet. Okay, and, so, so they've that. got some they've got some stock with, yeah. of yours, which is um, non-core to them. Let's put, let's be um, as neutral as possible. It's non-core. Yeah. And are they likely to sell? Are they, do they follow their interests? Do they come into this capital raise? Uh, they didn't. They they would have if we had a, uh, needed it, but they uh, they didn't. Uh, we didn't necessarily need that. Um, they um, they're just in the midst right now. They got their final permit just about a month ago, and they're in their final financing stage of uh, of uh, you know over the next you know the public said over the next. I think by the end of Q one they'll announce their financing plan for for developing the mine. They're, they've preserved their independence, so they're really in a great, great spot. They're uh, um, it's hard rock lithium. It's very uh, high end project, quite uh, interesting lithium mix, and uh, yeah, so they're they're in they're in a good spot. They're, they uh, uh, JS John Sebastian Lavalli, who's the CEO, he's a very sharp uh, geologist, and he he know he's a big believer in NISC. So will they sell at some point in time? For sure, because they're an investor. But they they know there's a a mine in their mind likely to be developed here and they're going to ride through the valuation on that. So okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't see them as a short-term trader of the stock. I, in nor, they haven't sold a share and they've been, they've had a chance to sell stock, you know, in the thirties and never did, you know, so they, they're, they're, they're certainly not selling down here. That, that That's, that's really useful color to know that the decision maker, the decision maker like is a smart geologist, likes nickel, and is prepared to ride the value curve. Thank you. They're, they're, they've got their eye on the prize, if you know what I mean. They, they know that yeah. these that a successful and uh, uh, evaluation of a commercial nickel sulfide 
is worth a lot more than $10 million. Not a lot more, yeah. Uh, good. Okay, so uh, critical element 13%. Who was who was on 4%? Oh, the board. Yep. Board on 4%. And then we've got a, a couple of uh, Canadian hedge funds. Uh, the top one-year hedge fund in Canada was uh, Palace Capital. They're, they own uh, uh, sort of in the 2 3% range and 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 uh and uh, uh invested in this round as well and um bt global which is the top five year hedge fund i think in canada and they they own about the same and they participate in this round as well which which global A bt global bt global um and and their stake in the in the company is sorry sort of in, in the two to three percent range okay so um so two to three percent with Palace, two to three percent with um, BT Global. Did yeah. either of them take more than their f- just following their interests? Did they take kind of a slightly yeah. bigger chunk? Yeah, I, w- I would think so. Let's think. Yeah, uh, they, I think they both ended up taking more than their chunk. They took around four percent of this round. What's their normal unit size? I mean, um, you know. Yeah, um, I mean this is this is very small for them, and uh, honestly, you know, uh, and it's I have a sort of. A, uh, personal relationship with both of the fund managers. They they, they sort of uh, they they've been participating. They, they participated in our, our previous financing prior to this one was at twenty five cents and forty cents. So this is a, this is a down round for everyone. Um, and uh, they were they uh, they had been shareholders prior to that, um, but came in, in in this round as well. When was the twenty five cent one? Uh, I want to say. June of uh, 21. And the 40 cents? Yeah, 25 and 40. And when was the 40 cent um, raise? Uh, it, it, 20, it, it was like a, a hard inflow, like this round. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's so it was combined package. Um, and what was the weighting? Was it also 70, 30 at the higher price? It, 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 it? it, it, it was actually... Uh, no, it was it was almost the reverse. It was it was more like seventy uh, percent hard and thirty percent flow. <laughs> it just hasn't shifted so, at that point. So, the, so the average price was probably closer to 30, 31, 32. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, weighted average. The project's advanced quite a lot in the fifteen months since our last capital raise. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Wouldn't uh, 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 you know? Com- commercially, it's been de-risked a lot. So it's actually. If you liked it then, you're going to love it now. That's the kind of the the, the well, philosophy. That's our that, that's our hope. and that's why we were able to get our existing guys to, to step up because they obviously understood the the theory behind what we we're trying to do. They saw that we had executed and done what we said we were going to do. While the market hasn't rewarded us, I said, guys, look, obviously we can get money from the market. There wasn't any question of being able to finance. It was a question about who are we going to give this prize to? Do we give it to people we don't know? You know that. You know, or do we give it to the, the people that brought us to you? So I said, let's first offer to our our existing, uh, you know, people, and uh, as you should do in these things, I think. And if they want to participate and, and load up, then God bless. That's the way to do it. So that's what we yeah. did. Yeah, great. Who who's helped you with this? Who's who's your broker on this? You know what? Uh, we research capital was was very helpful. Um, we had some help from uh, Raven James and, uh, and and Lee Jones Gable. Um, and uh, so you, you and, went through three. Did you, did you syndicate yeah. to three? So, so, but in fairness, it, uh, of the four million dollars, I don't have, have the final fee numbers, but probably 
I raised seventy five percent of it myself. So and so, did, did they so, take do they take a fee on that or no, you managed to no, put that as the no. president's list? Yeah, so it's just about twenty five percent of the offering will have fees or thirty percent at the end of the day. So we, we paid uh, seven and seven uh, for the, okay for the brokers on that. And uh, yeah, but we, we we basically almost because it was an internal round. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to charge. We're not going to give anybody a fee on the Lynch family investment, you know. Surely, no, no, you know, yeah. uh, take a hike, or, take a hike, get out of here, or 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 or, or, or <laughs> Sam Stearns or or all, all these you know people that participated, you know. So so we were quite efficient from a expense point of view to try and do that. And we've been like that all the way along. And and again, it's not that you know we're big believers in in you know working with brokers and paying brokers, uh, you know, and they get paid well, obviously, when they do do their job, but. It's uh, when you do something like this. Obviously, it's skinny for the company, so you you want to keep it as you don't know you don't want to waste your money. You want to be putting that money in the ground. Yeah, but still, seven and seven is pretty healthy. If they can, if they yeah. contributing no, no, uh, a, yeah, a, a sure. million dollars, you know, they're making they're making good coin. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. It was good, and 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 that was like we that was you know basically these were people that had helped us al- along the way. So when we went back and we said we're going to do this and turn around, even though they were. Uh, you know, existing shareholders, you have to show respect that, hey, you brought them in, so we're, we're not going to cut you out for, uh, uh, you know, be predatory. You know, we, we want your support along the way, and you have to show respect. So I think we were we we showed, uh, you know, a healthy amount of respect for the, for that, uh, uh, you know, that that's sort of, I think, fairly common in the industry is, you, you, you know, you, you need to be respectful to the brokers, and we certainly were. Good. Okay. And so hang on, that takes us up to, uh, I've lost my percentages now. So that's about 50%. Yeah, maybe a bit more. Uh, I think if you, uh, if you think like 20, 15, 13, that's 48. 48. And, uh, and the, 52. the board is 4, 52. And then, okay. you know, so, so some, it's maybe close 60%. To, yeah. Closer to 60, yeah. So, and then, then, then the rest is pretty widely held, has been for, you know, this, this, you know, uh, this, company's been around for you know 20 plus years you know so i i've been with it for uh, 10 so we were in they were you know um so it's it's widely held after that like a, you know several thousand shareholders um you know so that's there's a good core you know i, I always like that we're we have like more than 50 percent because that means you know from a you know when especially if you get ultimately if you get a, a, an asset you feel is really worth something you want to make sure that you can get fair value for the asset. Well, as long as you've got, you know, fifty percent, you're, you're gonna you're gonna basically be able to say, hey, no, I'm not selling for that. You know, <laughs> yeah. they can't they can't take you over because you're saying, no, not high enough. So so that's that's a good position to be in. And also having a relatively chunky, uh, let's call it a retail uh, section of your shelter register that helps the liquidity, yeah. uh, presumably, and and price solves any liquidity issues. Uh, um, yeah. How how do you view your liquidity, and how do you how do you reach that fifty percent of the shareholder base? So uh, you know, it, we basically uh, you, you, you try a number of different things. Obviously, you have a shareholder list, and you, and you communicate with them, and we try to do that regularly. We're, we're doing basically, uh, I think it's a monthly podcast now with our with our shareholder list and our and our and our list and. You know, some kind of times we'll do like this last one we did about a week ago or so was sort of a we, we went through the updated presentation just because it's been a while and 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 you know show people what you know where we're where we're advancing on the drill program and 
when the you know what what holes are complete when we think they'll you know we think that the assays will start to come out probably as early as, as early as next week and then they'll just for the next two or three months these assays will be coming out every couple of weeks so uh so we try and communicate them you know with on the podcast um and uh you know you you're you're always looking for new ways to communicate with your shareholders, but we, we remain pretty open. If people contact us, uh, you know, in, in email, we will reach out to them and we're fairly uh, transparent. I think, you know, one of the uh, interesting things that we did as a company, we decided with, was we would publish all of our drilling data, core data, put it up there so people could model it themselves if they wanted to. I think, you know, all too often we, we, we sort of, uh, you know, hide behind these secrecy things, but the reality is, what is somebody going to come in and scoop me and NISC? I, I own the yeah. claims. <laughs> it's not okay. possible. Each yeah. ore body is completely different, and it, you know, but you know, it's there's a lot of people that uh, you know are quite capable of modeling posits themselves and having their own perspective as to you know what we have or don't have, and uh, you know, junior mining has had a. A reputational problem over the years for trying to sort of portray bullshit really and and uh you know well how do you deal with that well be transparent you know show people what you got and and, and be committed to the transparency and and uh you know uh as it goes forward we'll continue to do that and i think that hopefully over time people will start to realize this is uh you know, really a significant opportunity and, and that will help in the valuation game. Uh, I can think of a few names of companies right away that don't publish all of their data uh, and should, and I think that they're hiding uh, structural complexity um, and kind of geometrical challenges in defining their ore body. And I think that's one of the reasons why they do that. Um, but um, let's not get into naming names on this, in this interview, uh, otherwise I'll be, be a bit bitchy and I won't, don't want to, Go down that road just just yet. <laughs> um, let's in your latest presentation, you've got a couple of um, peer comparisons. You've you've talked about your. You say that you're extremely undervalued compared to your peers, but I can't quite work it out. Maybe you could talk me through it. Sure, sure. So um, I don't know if you want to pull up that chart, but uh, if, if it's possible. But um, well, but first my, of all, before I do that, can you tell me yeah. how you've how you value yeah. yourselves so, you know okay, so, are, are so, you, so, do, so, do you so, think of yourself yeah, on, so, on an ev per pound basis or per ton? yeah i think that uh, the, a couple of things one i think you have to compare yourself against people that are uh most like you so i i, I were a nickel sulfide uh a deposit that's what we're advancing towards exploration and and hopefully towards uh, becoming a commercial mine and uh, i like to compare ourselves to other nickel sulfide deposits wherever they might be and uh and 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 i think uh nickel sulfide deposits that have at least you know one percent nickel okay so um we're not we're not comparing ourselves to the laterite projects or projects that are big bulk tonnage but low grade because that's a different animal from our perspective it, it requires much different capex expenditure there's a whole different uh, economic series of events that would have to happen for that to be commercial i don't want to go down that rabbit hole it's not us we, we're not like Giga Metals or Kenner Nickel. That's those are interesting projects, and hopefully, in the fullness of time, those will all get developed. But they're a different animal, and I don't. I just don't see them as uh, our peer group. In the um, fullness of time and uh, and economic, um, a different economic scenario. Um, to me, they don't really smack of being economic today. But um, let's see what happens. Yeah, maybe there's exactly. some miraculous technology that makes them work. Yeah, but I, and, and who knows? I mean, you know, I know that, the, that for example, you know, Gig is looking at, you know, is, is there going to be some carbon credits, you know, with respect to their 
or body and these types of things. I mean, there's, there could be some, some interesting innovations there that could perhaps make, make those things more economic. I mean, uh, yeah. So I, anyway, I'm, I remain hopeful for those projects, but it's, a, it's not what we're at. So we're, we're definitely, you know, I, I'm, I look at us and say, Hey, you know, to put this mine in production is probably going to cost you 250, $350 million. Okay. That's a much different animal price wise. Um, you know, the peer groups that we're looking at the other nickel, uh, what I, in, in, I think you'll agree, Merlin, in mining, <laughs> I say to people, you're a zero until you become a one, you know, and the zero means you're an exploration play and you're sort of, you're very risky and, and, and probably not going to come of anything because most exploration plays don't come of anything. And, and then at some point in time in the continuum of, of exploration play, you make enough discoveries and move the resource, you know, in terms of quantity and grade along enough that the market says, you know, starts to believe, hey, this guy's got it, or this company's got an increasing chance of being commercial. And at some point it's like, oh, I think they're going to be commercial. And and then there's that band of projects that are that are not yet developed, but that are perceived to be commercial. And 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 they have a different price point than all the other exploration places. So so we're we're right now uh, you know, I would call it an undiscovered exploration point. But honestly, the bones of what we have and what we're bringing to the market, and, and as we came to roll out our our story and, and and get out our assays, we're basically moving in that 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 really special phase of of investing where we're going to go from being you know the zero to being a one, where we're going to say, hey, you know what, this thing is actually going to become a mine at some point in time in in the near future. And well, you've got point, to go through those. You've got to go through those de-risking steps. You've got to go through. Um, uh, the the famous Canadian modifying factors. So you take a lump of rock, which has got a resource around it, and you actually uh, you do the, the engineering. You understand the metallurgy. You understand the, the the water flow. You understand the rock mechanics. You understand the infrastructure requirements, and you apply these modifying factors, and you de-risk the economic proposition. And that is how yeah. you un- grow your value. And so did this. Um, well, just 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 remind me what your resource is. So the historic resource is uh, three point one million tons, and uh, at, it, at what it, grade? At about one point five percent nickel EQ at uh, about one point five one point six. If you use eight dollar nickel at three dollar copper, well, about one percent nickel. And the rest is sort of copper, cobalt, yeah, uh, and palladium. Okay, your new resource is coming out. When so so uh, the metallurgy is being done now and it will be complete sort of in about uh, four months. It takes a long time to do uh, metallurgy properly, so we'll expect to get the new resource updated, including all of our drilling that we're drilling up until Christmas. So there'll be about ten thousand meters of drilling added to this uh, uh, resource, and we'll expect to get that out sort of in late. Uh, March early, early sometime in March April of uh, uh, Q two so call, call, call it Q two yeah call it Q two Q two twenty three yeah okay yeah. and and, and then we are, are you wrap some economics around it uh, yeah there'll be there'll be some economics that'll be built, built into the into the, uh, the the resource for sure so, and sorry uh, and, you, you and, I interrupted you were just about to say your expectation yeah, is I, I, our expectation is that updated resource will more than double the existing uh you know thing and, and perhaps triple so we think that that it'll showcase enough that people will be able to look at it and say this thing is going to be commercial 
you know, because okay. uh, um, I would say that the earliest you could do a commercial mine of this nature would be, you know, there's been some done at 8 million tons, but most would be 10 million tons and beyond. And obviously, the more tons you have, the better. But uh, in this market in North America, that would uh, definitely get you, uh, You would, if that's all you had, you would still probably get developed. But, uh, we think um, there's a, a lot more than that here, but but that, that would be the start. I, I would have thought that a um, a 1% nickel sulfide or 1.5% nickel equivalent would um, would get developed on less than uh, 10 million tons. Is, is, is that what you see as a kind of an economic threshold, really? I, I, I think I said, I think eight. When we did our research, that's the smallest one I found developed. You know, maybe there's some we've missed. But, okay. Uh, and you're, you feel as if you're in a, a quite a good shout of getting close to that? We do, yeah. Okay, so that's that's what you mean by the gunner going from the zero to the one, is that you think that the the 8 million ton threshold, that the exploration work that you're going to do is going to take you to that um, kind of commercial probability or that commercial reality yeah that's what we think and uh, you in in this in this peer table here i mean let's 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 pull it up now let's put it up now we can actually talk it talk it through are you going to do it or shall i okay so um just just pick that up again three two one so tony um sorry say that again three (laughs) two one uh terry i've got the uh peer comparison up here um and you you're saying that you think that um NISC has got the potential to hit that economic threshold of around 8 million tonnes. And so we've got some... Tom, talk me through these. these yeah, these so, so, I, so I, I mean, obviously each ore body is different and, 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 and it's not, not, nothing's a complete one-to-one comparison. But these are the, I would say, these are the mines that are likely to be developed and the market perceives them as likely to be developed given the market caps, um, you know, over the next... Uh, you know, couple of years, and uh, you know they range in sort of, I guess, you know, market value. And we did this. Uh, this might be a week old or ten days old. I can't recall it's something in that order of magnitude. But it's basically, uh, you know, sort of like a, from 150 million US to about, you know, 500 million US. That's sort of, you know, what these mines are looking like in terms of valuation. Uh, they they range in, you know, you know, from you know three million tons up to I guess premiums got sixteen. Each one's got each one has got its own unique story, and you'd have to, you know, as you know, we'll dig into its, each uh, each ore body to understand it fully. But sure. but this is this gives you a, a feel for what the market is saying commercial uh, nickel mines in development are worth, you know. And, and um, obviously, there's there's less and more. And and like you, if you look at Tamarack as an example, which is Talon Metals, uh, you know, project, and it's a it's a, it's a great one in in uh, Minnesota. That's really their interest. Their interest is sixty percent, right? The actual deposit should be, in my mind, in this scale, should should be uh, the, the deposit is divide two seventy one by 0. 0.6. 0. 0.6. Yeah, yeah, takes it close to four hundred million. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of things. Um, can you just run through these project by project by project? Tell me what stage they're at. Um. So. Well, Norant is uh, that Wiley bought it, right? So, so they they were quite advanced in terms of the uh, the technical work. So, uh, so that now the I don't know if they if they're you know doing a uh, new feasibility there or or, or what Wiley was doing. Uh, uh, I've 
sort of lost track of that since they acquired it about what is it almost a year ago now or so uh, and, and, and that was that feasibility stage it, it hadn't started construction it was it hadn't it wasn't finalized yeah. it was, they, they, they published a feasibility study and then it got taken out yeah i think so i think that's okay. that was where, where they were at um uh, talon is at the uh, pea stage uh okay you know so um so not not that far more advanced than you guys um not you know they're they're they're, they're certainly advanced but they're they're not like light years ahead there no not they're, years they're, ahead i mean they're maybe they're, they're, maybe, they're, a maybe, a maybe a year yeah maybe a year ahead yeah yeah but, um they've uh, got a bigger tonnage and they've got a um yeah. slightly higher nickel grade and a slightly yeah. higher copper grade yeah 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 and and smaller cobalt and you know very little palladium so different different things but but for sure it's, it's an attractive project it's a deeper project you know so we're shallower they're deeper um you know they they have some uh again you know i think it's a it's interesting I don't know. It, they just got a grant from the U.S. Uh, defense for uh, over a hundred million dollars to advance this thing to completion. But in an interesting way, they're not going to mine the ore. They're going to mine the ore in Minnesota, and they're going to ship it uh, to, uh, I believe, South Dakota for uh, for for milling, which is uh, uh, something we've never seen before. You know, I don't think in the in the nickel business. But it, it deals with the, I guess, the sensitivities in Minnesota with this. This is, you know, uh, around a very sensitive water area, like a, a marshy yeah. sort of a water zone. And so this was a, an approach. And again, this is not guaranteed this is going to happen. This is theoretically what they have engineered as the solution to it. So so there's that, you know, um, the um, so each of these mines has got their own, like, uh, you know, Mincor's mine is early days but obviously a phenomenal nickel strike you know of uh yeah four four percent and if they get more of that then obviously that'll be a hollywood type of shop so that's why they're they're trading at such a lofty uh, price point for relatively you know new story um but uh you know so so you, you can start to sense that that again once they you know it, you know when i look at us and say hey you know when you put us up there maybe the, we probably should have put ourselves in the same table is that you know you know we're we're, we're at uh, uh you know i think we'll we'll we'll, we'll probably get into that seven eight million tons nine million tons something like that in in just a few months and you know be at uh you know you know one percent uh nickel or or maybe slightly better uh you know uh 0.5 percent copper you know 0.07 cobalt one you know plus grams of palladium so it, it's it's a pretty comparable you know grade uh, maybe a little bit less, but certainly healthy, and and it, uh, you know, that becomes a, a very interesting. Um, you know, we're at ten million dollars U.S. You know, so and you, uh, you, you've, got, you've got you've got another um, peer comparison here. Um, you know, when when people ask us about our other assets, you know, I, I I say to them, you know, very clearly, I said, you know, before we bought NISC, we were trading sort of, you know. At like around because the market was a little bit healthier then maybe twice this value for the value of our copper gold assets which are uh you know uh in you know um bc and in and chile and and I, and I sort of give some examples of other companies that are you know just immediately north and south of us in in in, in bc I, like so i say to people you know you should buy nist or buy power nickel because you believe in the nickel story if you don't believe in the nickel story then move along and find some story you believe in However, that being said, you are going to get a bonus, and the bonus is we've got some very 
valuable assets in, in the copper gold space, and we're going to harvest them over time, and that'll be a nice uh, kicker for you uh, that will you know you know sort of support your investment thesis. And uh, you know that's sort of uh, that's in my mind as an investor how I would approach it. And how I, I when I when I talk to investors, I say this is how I sh- you should approach this kicker. And that it'll be there, and it could be material, but uh, you've got to you know believe the nickel story uh, if you want to invest really. Because if you don't believe the primary story, you don't invest in these deals if you don't believe the primary story. At least I don't. And um. In, in, so basically what you're saying is that you uh, in power nickel you uh, you can invest for your copper and gold assets in terms of the valuation blocks your valuation is that the copper and gold assets from what I can see from this slide is you're yeah. saying that they are worth the market capitalization of um, the company and therefore you get NISC and the entire nickel story the entire thesis in for free that's exactly the story yeah um so, I mean that, that's that's quite funny actually. But um, I mean it's tragic, but funny. Um, well, you know, you know, and you know, the, I, I wish we we're the only guy like that out there. But there, there, there are you know samples of that. I'm sure you're aware of them yourselves. You know, it, it, there's some, and like I, 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 I think people are starting to wake up. You know, um, because you know the 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 contagion in the the main market is 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 making people fearful. But people are also losing money by keeping their money in the bank, and they, they need to be somewhere where there's going to be growth without, without like uh, ridiculous uh, downside. And I would have to say, like, the, like if you look at what's the downside in power nickel at ten in the U.S. with all these assets? I mean, my God, it's unreal. You know, so yeah. so it, it, there's there's you know uh, not a lot of downside, but there's a whole lot of upside, and it's like it's happening. We're executing and. And and you know, like I said to people, it's time to get off your wallet. Like, wake up! You know, it's it's uh, uh, it is definitely time to buy power nickel, in my view. And we've shown it by writing big checks because we believe. Uh, tell me what the monetization plan is for your um, copper gold assets in BC. Yeah, so we're we're going down two pathways there. Uh, we're, we're going down the pathway of potentially uh, spinning out a sub that would would contain, uh, you know. Uh, the the assets the the one in BC and the ones in Chile into like a copper gold play, uh, and we would uh, you know we would sort of uh, move that forward on that on that basis, uh, do some uh, you know you know advance those uh, those are really uh, NISP was an advanced exploration these are more you know uh, exploration stage there, there there's been some work some amount of money in, in Chile quite a lot of money has been spent. But still, more has to be spent. Still, exploration. There's not a resource, so so that's one pathway forward. The second pathway is we're also talking about M&A transactions with uh, peers in the area in in Chile and in in in, uh, in in the Golden Triangle, where we would swap our assets for uh, a reconfigured play in 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 these areas where we would become a big stockholder in uh, these other entities. So we're we're open to doing uh, those types of uh, moves. We're not looking necessarily to sell the thing for cash. That's not where you're going to get value today. You definitely still have to bet on the horse, and and we we believe in these uh, the 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 expiration potential in both these plays is significant, uh, but they need it needs you know capital and 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 a, and a focus. So uh, um, you know the uh, you know we we think that that expiration market, which is non-existence uh, the last couple of years is going to probably have a shot at coming back next spring 
we think that the precious metals and copper could have a rebound in the exploration side of things. And we look to play that through a transaction, either through a spin-out or through a, uh, an M&A uh, trade. Okay, got it. Um, so it's it's kind of embedded value. It's a uh, long-term embedded value that uh, helps de-risk an investment in power nickel, but when um, it's uh, that's going to play out 2023, 2024, possibly yep. beyond. Good. Let's get back to uh, NISC and the, the you've got the, the new resource coming out in Q2. What's the timeline before you get a PA uh, together? Yeah, so so we're, we're, we're already working on the, uh, we're thinking H2, uh, we don't want to get a PEA. Um, that metallurgical work will be part of it, which is uh, what we're, uh, you know, we're commissioned now to be part of the 4311, but it can be part of the PEA as well. We think we'll be a, a bit further, uh, enough advanced to, to be able to generate uh, some economics there. So, uh, so that would be, uh, That'd be something we'd look to get out, uh, you know, probably probably Q4 uh, of uh, of uh, 2023. Uh, Good, thank you. I think it's been a really interesting uh, analysis of uh, power nickel from a from a different perspective, not just talking about kind of drill bits and um, uh, and and rocks and that sort of thing. It's been really interesting getting to understand how you think about the kind of the value growth for uh, power nickel in the year ahead. Um, if you, if you, do you ever think about it on an EV per pound basis? Yeah, we actually did the math on that. And uh, the uh, BC Securities Commission said, you got to take that down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because, and I guess in, the, in their defense, there there's so many parameters behind each mine and there has to be, you as as people we try to simplify things get get it down to ev per nickel uh, pound of pound the ground but there's a whole lot of other factors that factor into it and it, from a legal perspective it became a bit of a quagmire so we had to pull that we we, we actually have done that work and that's we, we believe in it you know as, as a good guide you know with everything in this space is it just a guide we're not nostradamus here we can't predict the future we don't know exactly what might be around the corner in any drilled that hole so but you know it was a good guide and and you know our our rule of thumb we did the math we were getting paid 10 cents a pound of nickel on the ground and and you know talent metals is getting a buck 20 for the same nickel you know yep. so it's like yeah they're worth more they're farther advanced they're, they're definitely should get some premium but 12 times uh for the same pound of nickel you know oh, I'm not so, saying so they, they should be they should 12 be times or two times 12 times oh they're getting 12 times more value than you are yeah and I'm not saying that they, sh- and I think they're, I think they're actually cheap. I think, that, I just think that we're super cheap, but, and, 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 uh, you know, you know, when you, when you compare it that way, but you, it's that whole thing about the, if the market uh, perceives you as being that this nickel will never see production, it's not, it's, it's lucky you're getting 10 cents. <laughs> you know, it's basically, where is it, if it's not going to get into production, it's got it's no a liability. Yeah. So, so, so you either have to have the ability to get to production, and once you show that, then the market will respond. And I think that the, the clues, what I'm saying to investors, I'm saying, look, watch our assay results. You know, we've already showed last year what we delivered that was in line with the, the historic resource, and obviously, and 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 we, and we and we expect that it will be, uh, you know, this next set of assays that will come over the next two or three months. If those assays are, you know, 1.5 percent nickel EQ or better. Thumbs up, man. That means this thing is going to come in like we talked about. So it's like take clues from our assays because that's going to reveal the truth. And then that will help you understand 
you know, this thing is going to make it to the commercial status and there's going to be a big win here. So it's like, you yeah. know, but that's the clues you would look for as an investor to say, I want to see that this is happening. And once I see that's happening, at some point yeah. I may decide to make my bet. Yeah, good. Uh, absolutely. You, you've got to keep feeding the market with information so they can see whether it's on track. It's on track. I like the fact that your, um, your assay data is uh, transparent. That really helps. Um, it shows that you've got the confidence yeah. uh, that you're not trying to hide anything. So that's no. good. Um, Terry, thank you very much. Uh, I look Great. forward to catching and um, speaking to you. Perhaps it'd be really useful to go through We'll have another session once you've published your uh, resource. I think that'd be a, that'd be a good time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, we're, well, we're going to be. Uh, I guess we're going to be in London in about two weeks, and uh, I think we're gonna, uh, supposed to catch up with uh, with the crew and and have another. I think we're thinking by then we'll have some of the assays out, so we'll actually have something exciting to talk about. We hope. So okay, well, m maybe I'll speak to you then because um, okay. I'm going to be um, in London as well. So uh, oh, cool. Hopefully, catch you soon. Sounds good. Cheers for now. Great, Merlin. Have a great day.